everybody. Welcome in to The Wrap. Tom Mazaway and friends here on NRM Streamcast and on uh, all your smartphones and smart TVs. Just download that NRM app and uh, you can see us live. You can catch us later, of course, on demand. Our studio phone line, as always, 844-999-9249. 844-999-9249 if you're listening to us live here uh, on this uh, hump day, this Wednesday, Game 7 of the World Series will take place, thankfully. Great game last night, especially if you're rooting for the Nationals. They come back from a 2-1 deficit in the first inning. Didn't look like either pitcher really had it. Justin Verlander against Max, excuse me, against uh, Steven Strasburg, who was amazing. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up here in the next hour. Dan Dickerson, the voice of the Tigers, joins us. Of course, me and him going back and forth last night on the text Watching the game together. That's how you watch the game with your buddies these days, I guess, uh, each at their own home base. I welcome in my buddies today. We start off with NRM's own Nick David. Nick, what's happening, brother? How are you, sir? I'm Doing feeling good. Uh, very pretty today. You are. You're looking very pretty. Uh, you couldn't wipe your makeup off from last night's uh, Halloween game. You know how party. hard this is to get off? I don't because I don't use makeup. But I, don't I guess I do. They, they pat my head up on well, Sunday. Well, it's awful. It is awful. Aren't you glad you're a guy? I thank every God every day for that. Not that there's anything wrong with wearing makeup. No, it's just so God. much easier. It is just so much easier. And uh, to your right, of course, the stat man, our producer, Ethan Perlman. What up, EP? Not too much. I, uh, you excited? I, I tried to put some makeup on, but I got too much uh, stuff already covering my Grizzly face. Grizzly Adams. Yeah. We're going to shave that for tomorrow's uh, Halloween party. What do you think? I, I, I did impulsively shave it off about a month ago. You did? That or, grew back in a month? Two, two months ago. Okay. Well, a month and a half. Uh, I had a buddy shave off his face, all of his facial hair, so I took the plunge as well. And uh... man, I'm still going through puberty, so I don't <laughs> even know what that's like. You're pretty, man. You're fine. Anyway, we talk World Series. We go to a Game Seven tonight. Everyone loves a Game Seven. This has been a very low television rated World Series, but tonight should rule the roost uh, on Fox. Uh, Joe Buck and uh, John Smoltz should be a good one. Nationals win it last night, seven to two. Not before some controversy, and we'll talk about that coming up. Justin Verlander went into this game 0-5 in World Series play. Guess what? He's 0-6. He didn't pitch bad. They couldn't hit for him. It's because Steven Strasburg was a beast. Eight in the third inning, five hits, two runs, and uh, seven Ks. Only two walks. And this game could have went either way. And finally, they take control. The... uh, the Nationals do late in this game and winds up Strasburg keeps coming into the game so he stayed in he could have went the whole distance but they wanted to get uh, their guy uh, in there do little to get the rust off Anthony Rendon the hitting star last night 3 for 5 with a double a home run and 5 runs batted in guess what he's going to be a free agent so I want to talk about that coming up with Dan Dickerson as well game 7 tonight in Houston They've earned the right. But here's the kicker on this. This is the first series of any series in any sport that the visiting team has won every single game. Interesting. Six in a row by the road team. Do you think Houston asked Major League Baseball last night, can we move the game to Washington? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, that crowd's going to be excited. They send Zach Greinke to the hill. His past is uh, well-documented. Phenomenal pitcher. He goes against... Max Scherzer, if his health holds up, he was ready to come into the game last night. Max Scherzer was. Mm-hmm. So if Max is feeling good tonight, he gets in for a Game 7, and we'll see how it goes. So 
This is good. What it do is. you think? Tommy, got a little fun fact for you guys. 39 times there's been a Game 7 in the World Series. The road team, actually, is in the lead, 20-19. Oh, to 19. Really? Yeah. Last one was uh, actually 2017 Astros beat the Dodgers 5-1. Road team. Nice. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll it's going to be interesting tonight. We, we will see what happens uh, tonight. I can't wait for it. And uh, it should be a good game. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Zach Greinke. Uh, I think he's a good Hall of Fame candidate here. 205 wins, 123 losses, and a 3.35 ERA, 2,600 strikeouts, 2622 to be exact. Cy Young, six-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glove, and a two-time ERA leader. I mean, but but that, that one thing, goes, but that uh, one thing will lose him that all, World Series yeah, title. It all goes out of the way, you know. Tonight we'll see how that rolls. Who do you like tonight? I still, I'm still rolling with Houston, who I was rolling with since uh, the postseason started. You know, if Washington wins, I am thrilled for them because I truly believe if they don't win tonight, they will not be winning a World Series for the next five plus years. You really believe that? I truly believe Why? that. I mean, look at that team. Uh, Steven Strasburg can opt out of his deal, and he more than likely will at the end of this year and walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Rendon, I don't see being re-signed. He's going to have plenty of offers. He, he may go elsewhere. You know what? He might be coming right here to the Motor City. Why not roll that the would, red carpet That would be a him? great twenty-nine years right old. there. But, um, no, the team to watch out for with, uh, with Rendon, in my opinion, is going to be the Dodgers. And the Angels. Both L.A. teams can make a run at him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that leaves Scherzer as still your ace. But he's been having health concerns. Well, he's, vi- he's not violent. Yeah. That violent pitching uh, yeah. motion is. And gets these back spasms out of nowhere. And But it's not really out of nowhere. I mean, he's a fine-tuned athlete. But when you have that violent delivery, who knows what's going to happen. He couldn't even yeah. put his own clothes on just a, a day ago. That's why I swore to God I thought it was a shoulder tear. How they were describing his discomfort, what was you know what would the issues were, I swear to God, I thought he tore a muscle in, in his mm-hmm. shoulder because of what they were disclosing. They just kept saying nerves. As, as mu- nerve, nerve, yeah. nerve yeah. issues. As much as, you know, I'm glad to hear he's great and he's going to pitch tonight, if I'm a Washington Nationals fan, I'm holding my breath that nothing goes wrong. Because one wrong movement could be the end of not only this season, but next season. No, I, I take it back. Take that back, because look who's <laughs> waiting in the wings if Max goes down on plenty of rest. Anibal Sanchez. True. Waiting in the wings. I think the Nationals are they are really set for tonight's game. If there was any time that a team was should be favored in a Game 7, it should be the Nationals right. tonight, even in Houston. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's Game 7. You throw, obviously, everything you have into this is the last game. So if Annabelle Sanchez comes in in the second because Scherzer just doesn't really have that essence rare that he usually does, then boom, it's make that move. And on the other yeah. hand, you know, Garrett yeah. Cole's going to come in the game. Yeah. He'll give you a couple innings. Well, Garrett, Garrett Cole will give you a couple innings, and I swear to God, I have a feeling after last night's JV. game, Justin Verlander probably went up to A.J. Henson and was like, if you need me to throw an inning, yeah. put Don't me in. Don't do it. No, no, put me in. Wouldn't it be funny he's if he's come out of the bullpen and past World Series and done really well. What if he yeah, comes in and pitches? The day before, though. What if he comes in, pitches uh, one uh, inning no, and gets the win? No, 2017. Pitched game seven. What if he gets the win in relief? There's the end, end of his bad streak. Exactly. Actually, <laughs> I would love to see him come in if you know it's an extra inning game for the save if they've already used Ozuna. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he can give you nine straight 
good hard fastballs and locate them, good night. Yeah, hey, but we'll yeah. see. We're going to see. It should be a hell of a game. Nationals win it last night, 7-2. to two. Uh, Davey Martinez ejected in the top of the seventh. This is the big the big thing. He was arguing a controversial interference call when Trey Turner at first base, they called him out on a throw. And they got it right. I don't think That's they got it. That's a trash call. I don't think they right. got it right. The man was running in a straight line. But, he, but okay. You've already explained this to yeah, me. So there, there, I don't want to. <laughs> there, there is. He was running in a straight line, but the way the rule defines it, and it's the same thing we've run into that I've watched on a field multiple times. You start either on the inside of the line or the outside of the line. When you're getting to the bag, you cannot immediately cross over into the middle of the bag. If you're running on the inside, you got to hit the inside. Well, it's a good thing that he didn't do that then. He, you can take it frame by frame. The last second, he goes from the inside and, we jumps, just and jumps to the middle Listen, of the bag. Goriel came off the bag and grabbed the ball at Across Trey Turner's hip. Exactly. But, but yeah, the thing is, so the fielder has the right to the ball. So that ball's come. That's yeah, what, but the ball was thrown poorly. But, but that's what. That's, but that, not, that's, that's not the runner's they, fault. That's why they tell a pitcher though on plays like that. What you need to do is, in order to try and get this interference call, is you try and throw the ball at where the runner is. Right. So yeah. they're cheating. Okay. Right. John Smoltz I mean, even it's, said it's, that. It's, yeah, they're cheating. But it's he says not they're taught. Cheat. He says they're taught yeah. as pitchers right. to throw at the runner almost. Yeah. If, he could that's, not that's, have ran in a straighter line. No. Yes, his foot did touch the grass initially. And it stayed on but the grass until the end. I don't want to. I don't want to fight with you. Ian. Anyway, I don't want to fight with you. Davy Martinez, who had a, he had a heart procedure in yeah. the middle of this season. You should have seen the vein in his neck. I was scared for him. Stroke out because first he argued the call, then he went back, and thankfully Rendon hit the home run mm. to kind of like take the pressure off. But then in between innings, and we didn't see it. Right. Seventh inning stretch is playing, and Martinez comes out and argues mm-hmm. vehemently. With the umpires had to be held back, big time. I never saw a guy held back this much, mm-hmm. and they toss him. First guy, first manager to be ejected since Bobby Cox in the 1996 World Series. Now, so I, do, I do have to give props to the ump. He let Martinez have a longer leash than some umpires would because he was already arguing the call when it first happened. Yeah, but some people said that you you shouldn't do that, especially in a World Series game, and especially I think. But you, uh, but I, I, that's I want, when it's more warranted, I, I, I feel I like. Was, I was more thinking, you got to, as the umpire, you have to set the tone of what you're going to tolerate because mm-hmm. it is going to be such high intensity, high emotion. So he let him get up. He, let, know, him, he, let, he let him get what he needed to get out of his system. But when you start coming at an ump the way he was coming at an ump, yeah, you can't have that. Especially well, a second I, time. I agree with the tossing. I'm actually surprised the ump, when he first was going at him, didn't toss him sooner, right? Because he was already being held back, and he let him kind of still keep going. And then the second time he started coming back at him, well, let's was ask, when he tossed. Let's him. ask our guest, Dan Dickerson, voice of the Tigers, joins us again. Danny, I appreciate you coming on again with us. And uh, you, you and I were texting back and forth. That's how we watch games together nowadays. Texting back and forth. <laughs> what did you think of that play? You know, Trey Turner. Just tell me what you think. You, you're a guy that watches a million games. I think John Smoltz had it exactly right. First, I'll say I agree with you guys that Sam Holbrook, the home plate umpire, I believe he was the one who finally ejected him, did have a long leash, and I think that was that was right. He was very patient with a very angry manager, and I hope he doesn't. I hope 
I think he probably earned a suspension, but you would hope that would be served next year and not tonight. Oh, yeah. They better not. <laughs> uh, but that that was a lot of restraint, and I agree. Uh, I thought Sam Holmberg handled it well, even if he blew the initial call. So go back to that call. It is John Smoltz is right. It's one of the most difficult things to judge by an umpire. And one of the weirdest rules in baseball that I don't know how you address except for one solution that I saw that everybody might absolutely laugh at. So, again, you're supposed to run in that stupid little lane in foul territory. <laughs> right. And then at the last minute, but you have to be the last step and a half, Dive you have in. to cross into fair territory because the entire bag is in fair territory. And you have to do that just right. That is not – look how he left the batter's box. He left the batter's box in a straight line. That straight line took him mostly on the dirt inside the foul line. But that is, I mean, for him to go four feet to the right and then down and then back left is the most inefficient path. So, in other words, you're asking him to do something that's completely inefficient. Trey Turner, to me, did nothing wrong. I thought, actually, Guriel at first uh, didn't do a great job of trying to reach that throw. No. No, I mean, he was awkwardly. He knew he wasn't going to get him. Put on the bag, straddling to the right of the bag in an awkward pose versus, I think, stretching to his right. He could have easily caught that throw uh, and, and avoided. I know it was right into the runner, but I, in other words, I, I thought he didn't help the matter at all. I thought it was interesting. Smoltz said you're taught to throw right at the runner to try to get that call. Yeah, I mean, that's he, great he stuff. Got the call. That's so great what's stuff. What's the solution? I mean, I don't think it was the right call because that's what almost every batter does when you watch a game and to play like that. I think the throw could have easily, you know, it's interesting that Smoltz says you throw at the runner, but the throw easily could have been, I mean, that was a bad throw to me. And he had every right to be at the bag where he was. So what's the solution? I saw something this winter that I know everybody will laugh at. But when you think about it, if you're going to have disputes like this. Softball base. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's the You're orange right. base. And what does everybody, they're going to laugh at that, yes. right? Because it's old man softball. <laughs> you know, you put a base in fair territory and you put a base right next to it in foul territory. Absurd, right? Absolutely absurd. Well, the rule right now is absurd. It, it is. really is. Because nobody, and I mean nobody. Nobody runs in that little lane. I mean, think about it. They take the time to draw that lane I know. in foul territory. What a waste. That nobody ever runs through them. <laughs> You're talking to Trey Turner, who is one of the best base stealers, base runners in baseball. Right. The guy knows how to run. He's not going to take a step to his right, two steps to his right. right to go forward. You would have to take – you're exactly right. If you look at that, they had a great shot down that first baseline. He would have had to take two full steps to the right to get into that proper lane and then take another full step back left to get to the bag. It's absurd. So if you think the solution is absurd to put two bases there, think about what the rule is now and how literally it's, I think, impossible to enforce. Impossible. The only time I've seen a call is when a guy's running like three feet onto the grass, which you'll see guys doing. In other words, both feet are on the grass and clearly not giving the pitcher, you know, a, a lane to throw to. That's the proper call. I've never seen it called like it was last night. That's like that's what horse racing has. They have post positions. Post one, post two, post three. If you're in post one, you're not going to run out to post three. You're staying in lane number one. That's just the way it is. 
I knew you'd bring a horse analogy into this. Hey, I the Kentucky the, Derby winner, the Dan, was disqualified this year because he moved out. So, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a bad rule. they got to change it. Then they talk to Joe Torrey at the end of the night, and the poor guy's uh-huh. just bumbling. And I love Joe Torrey. But, I mean, what's, you can't, why can't you review a judgment call? Why are we reviewing anything then? Well, I mean, for the simple reason it is a judgment call. He made a judgment. In other words, it's... It speaks to the ambiguity of the rule, right? If you, if it's simply a judgment call, it's like, well, there's no there's no black and white here. It's his judgment. Well, you can't review that. I get that, but it just also speaks to how absurd the rule is. And I mean, what do you think? Do you think that's a, a, a stupid idea to put another base? There? No, I'm telling I don't. You, it takes away from collisions at the bag. I like it. It takes injury problems away, and you would never have to worry about that stupid call again. But the runner is still. At a disadvantage, am I correct? If you're a right-handed batter, yes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. It's still you're still going to take a. You still have to get into that lane on the right side, and yeah. you, yeah. Well, it's always going to be at a disadvantage, right? That's a That's fact. A good point. Yeah. Good point. Dan Dickerson, our so, guest today, the Tigers' no voice solution. on the wrap here. <laughs> Tom Hazaway, Nick David, Ethan Perlman. Uh, what do you like tonight in game number seven, Dan? I'm pulling for the Nats. I just I love Max Scherzer. I love watching him pitch. He's a great person. He's one of the good people in the game. Um, so I'm just I'm just pulling for him. I think that the best part about this World Series and the postseason, we're seeing the rise of the starting pitcher again. I mean, baseball has been going through certainly a period where bullpens have been dominant. Think how the Dodgers approached the World Series. Last few times they've been in there, the postseason, just, I mean, their, their starters are out after two and a third in a big <laughs> game. Um, <clears throat> so I love the fact that we're seeing starters. They're the show. They're going deep into games, whether it's Cole. I mean, Justin Verlander didn't have a bad start. It's just no. The pitch count went up last night. Uh, Strasburg's performance is unreal. We wouldn't have seen that in recent years. Pitching no. into the ninth inning with a pitch count over 100. I love that. And I know it's about their bullpen, but I love the fact that we're seeing Starting pitching is kind of, I think, uh, certainly it's been a bigger emphasis this postseason. It's a trend away from the bullpenning that we've seen. And I think that speaks well, I mean, going forward for the Tigers and how they're trying to rebuild with the dominant starting pitching, hopefully. But I think that's a great trend. And I I really enjoyed it because I think there's nothing quite like a a matchup of, of big studs. You know, I just think that's that's fun to watch. What do we talk about when we talk about a matchup? We're talking about Oh, I'm excited this reliever is starting today against this reliever. No, we're excited about two really good starting pitchers matched up because it adds to the drama immediately. And I can't wait to, to watch this game tonight. How about the Nats? I, they're, they are in great shape tonight. You get Max Scherzer, and if he struggles, you have a perfectly well-rested Annabelle Sanchez waiting in the wings. And Granke <laughs> has struggled in the postseason. I mean, it's a perfect storm. For the Nationals to win this game, it would be the seventh straight road win, which is unheard of. Yeah, six is a new record, right? Yep. I mean, I couldn't believe it was five. That was amazing to me. So, yeah, that would be incredible if it was all seven wins by the road team. I would never pick against the Nationals. They've got some resilience. I mean, it sure didn't look good for them going back to Houston, did it? No, I, I not at all. I love their resilience. I, I can't wait to see what they, they do tonight. I hope it's just... Hope it's a good game. And last night's game was good until it got lopsided at the end. But 
that was a heck of a comeback after falling behind early. That that could have been fatal, but I just think they've got incredible resilience. And Rendon and Soto, whew, trying wow. to get those two guys every time, it's not easy. So, Dan, uh, speaking of Anthony Rendon, do you see him re-signing uh, with Washington at the end of the season, or do you see him go into a team like uh, the Dodgers? Tigers? Or, or the Tigers, that would be a great thing. But um, do, do you see him either way, them winning the World Series or not? Do you see him sticking around uh, and getting an extension from Washington? Boy, it's, uh, I'd have to look at their payroll. I'm really not sure where they are. But they, when you've already got Strasburg and Scherzer at a pretty high salary, and now you're talking about another guy, I mean, what, what's he going to command on the open market? I should have uh, looked at Fangrass because Fangrass does a pretty good job getting the uh, sense of what a free agent's going to get on the open market. But Anthony Rendon is going to get a rather large payday, I would think. I, I, I know. Mean, is, that a, is that a $200 million guy? I was going to say, I know there was a report when uh, they, they first offered him a possible extension. It was about, I think, six years, $210 million. But there was no like official word that that was actually offered. Um, but also with Steven Strasburg, he can opt out after the World Series. So he could be off their payroll as well, depending on if he decides to opt out and explore other avenues with other teams. Wow. The opt-out is always such a mystery to me. I'm never quite sure why teams do that. But uh, And that's the other thing. I mean, both Strasburg and Scherzer are showing that long-term deals for pitchers aren't necessarily always, quote-unquote, bad, which has kind of been the track record, or certainly that's the perception. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think it's, it, it, you know, you just don't see it very often. But I, I think when a guy is really comfortable in a place and he wants to be there, uh it makes a lot of sense that he's going to stay. I mean, I, I think Rendon is the heart and soul of that team, and it just seems like, boy, six years two ten. That's more. I would have said like five years one fifty. Six two ten is a, <clears throat> that's a stunning number. Um, Thirty five million a year. Wow. Holy crap! I can't imagine you would turn that down. I can't imagine you'd get more on the open market. But more than that, I do think comfort level does matter. But it's rare that you see a guy say, yeah. I'll take the discount. That's certainly not a discount. I would take the discount to stay here. It doesn't happen that often. But, you know, where you are and, and the, the person you're playing for and your teammates, that all matters. It really does. Yeah, Rendon was on a one-year $18.8 million contract this past year. He can opt out. With Strasburg, he's on a seven-year $175 million contract, but can opt out after 19 and 20. Uh, that's an average of twenty six million. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, what's he going to? If get? he stays with them, he's a, you know a free agent after twenty twenty four with the option of opting out. And Randone, I mean, do you see you know either you know either them leaving or the, the Tigers trying to make a move? You know anything big free agent wise this offseason? Are we just kind of you know trying to build from our um, our farm system or you know where do we see right. our Tigers at right now? I, I think, I mean, I, I joked with Tommy last night. I, I, I said, uh, Rendon, I want this guy, period. I mean, Who it's don't? not going to happen, right. obviously. But I, I did reference 2003 uh, when the Tigers signed Pudge Rodriguez. Remember, that was kind of fluky. He was just kind of sitting out there on the open market. He was older than Rendon, if my memory serves me right. Um, it was kind of out of the blue, but the Tigers probably at that time overpaid to get somebody here to try to obviously turn things around. That's not going to happen. I mean, it would be 
a bold move, obviously. He's 29, so he'll be 30 next year. I think hitters generally are a little safer bet long-term than pitchers. Mm-hmm. But no, it's not going to happen. But that's the kind of guy, when you are ready to get to the point where your young guys are now starting a, a core and you need that big bat in the middle, and we just don't know about Miguel Cabrera, right? <laughs> he He's might dumb. bounce back, but the odds are, I think, at this point, you'd have to say against it <clears throat> in terms of being that big, productive bat in the middle of the order. It could happen, but there's a lot that has to go on before we get there for him to be that productive hitter in his late 30s. So you're going to add a guy like a Rendon. So would you ever do that before you're quote-unquote ready with that young core? Probably because of the contract of Miguel Cabrera, the answer to that right now is no. But that's the kind of thing to watch for in the years ahead. Uh, Maybe it's a year or two ahead, but this is a special hitter. There's not going to be anybody on the market like him in the next couple of years. You know, let's sign him now. I don't think that's going to happen this winter. I'm almost sure it won't, but that's the kind of thing that might happen in the years ahead. Dan Dickerson joining us, the voice of the Tigers on The Wrap with uh, Tom Mazaway, Nick David, and Mr. Perlman here, Ethan Perlman. Dan, I wanted to ask you about Zach Greinke. Is he a, a candidate that you think might be a Hall of Fame guy? 205 wins, 3.35 ERA, 2,600-plus strikeouts, six-time All-Star, Cy Young, gold glove five times. He's pretty darn good. Yeah, you know, I, I, I heard... Somebody mentioned that it might have even been Zach Grinke when he was asked about his <clears throat> Hall of Fame credentials. And I guess I wasn't thinking of him as a Hall of Famer. And then when you start looking into some of those things that you just mentioned, including a career war approaching 70, oh. and I do think fielding should be taken into consideration. It almost never is. Five-time gold your glove. position yeah. extremely well, then that should be part of the – That's the whole picture, right? I mean, you've taken, obviously, a dedication to your craft above and beyond most. Uh, So, yeah, all of a sudden the wins kind of say, well, that's a low total for a Hall of Famer. And I do think that's probably, you know, a consideration. And yet I think we're more and more realizing that wins don't tell the story. By the way, he's got a career-winning percentage over 600. That's rare for a guy who's pitched as long as he has. Um I was surprised. I think he's got a very strong candidacy for uh, for Cy Young. A couple more years. I mean, look at the consistency. My goodness, he had one off year, quote unquote, in 2016. But the last, I mean, you go back to 2010. That's a lot of excellence and consistency. And I'm impressed. I haven't seen him pitch really much in recent years because he's been in the National League. But just, I mean, he's pitching at 89-90 with great touch and feel. Knows how to get soft contact. Uh, it, it's impressive. So, yeah, I think he's, he absolutely will get strong consideration. He's like the Philip Rivers of the MLB. <laughs> <laughs> strong consideration, but we'll see. Well, and it's interesting to look at. He's now pitched nine years in the NL and nine years in the AL. Wow. His uh, NL record, though, is far more superior than his AL, or his NL record is far more superior than his yeah. AL. It's easier to win in the NL than it is in the AL. He has a seven. The a .712 win percentage as an NL starter, and wow. just over 500 as an AL starter. Huh. That says a lot. That says a lot. Hey, Dan, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about this NCAA rule. I know you're a big college guy, and 
What do you think about these players? Now, uh, the NCAA clearing away for athletes to profit from their names, images, and likenesses. Where the heck does this go, and how does it work? Do you have any idea? Ooh, no, but I do think it's, uh, I mean, again, it, it's not going to be easy to implement. Yeah. There are going to be all kinds of, of questions raised about how this how this affects, uh, oh, I don't know, just think of, you know, a star player who's making a whole lot of money on a team uh, and everybody else is not. How does that affect that? I, but you know what? It, in terms of fairness, it's always seemed absolutely wrong and absurd that a coach could be making seven, eight million plus, and the player who he is benefiting from his performance is making, other than the scholarship, zero. I, I mean, I just I've never been able to get my brain around that. It's just absolutely wrong. And the, and the university is profiting. I always think of that Fab Five documentary on ESPN, which I thought was really so good. It was. 30 for 30 was and, amazing, and, yeah. And I think it was, um, was it Rose who was talking about just walking down the street in Ann Arbor, and he's seeing his jersey in the window of a shop with his name on it being <laughs> sold, and obviously they're profiting from it, and he can't. I mean, that's absurd. For a family that made T-shirts when they're, um, I want to say they're, son was signed by a, a university and they made t-shirts up to sell because he was so popular and they couldn't that was illegal i mean that 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 just doesn't make any sense to me so i have no idea i think it's going to be complicated but i mean when you get right down to whether it's right or wrong it's right i just don't know how you do it <laughs> in terms of the fairness in terms of implementation i'll let them figure that out yeah There's who gets right it who doesn't get there, it they can figure it out amen so, Dan, um, my, my whole thought on this piece is that, you know, with some of these star players that you see come out of high school and go to college, whether they spend one year or multiple, a lot of these star guys are getting these full-ride scholarships. With this, you know, starting to be implemented and they're trying to figure out and how they are going to, you know, rule everything and what the guidelines are going to be, for a guy like last year, for like a Zion Williamson, whose name was huge, his brand awareness and the sense of who he was <laughs> was a huge thing. Do you think the NCAA may put a stipulation as to if you exceed this amount of money from you know your name, image, and likeness, yeah. you can only get a half of a full half of a full ride or a quarter? That way, they are able to provide players who are not as well known with the opportunity to discount, I guess, from your schooling. Because right now, the big-name guys... Who They're not there be, to go to school. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, but the, the, the athletes who are not as known, who right. go to get the education for the four years and be on the athletics program, some of these guys are getting maybe a few thousand a year, if that, or nothing. Right. That's a good point. I mean... I think of others, other sports that maybe don't get the scholarships that basketball and football get. And maybe you could, you know, start giving, say, baseball more scholarships because right now they're, they're divvying up those into, you know, half and quarter scholarships because yeah. all this, you know, full scholarships seem to go to pitchers in college baseball. So, I mean, that, that's, that's not a bad thought because truly, I mean, when you think of Zion Williamson, what could he have made? I mean – Let's say he stayed two years. Was he, he was just one year, one right? Year. One year, one year, one year, year yeah. yeah. So let's say he stayed two years at Duke. I mean, 
he literally could have made millions, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so, yeah, it's like I said, it, it's not going to be easy to enforce. Right. To, I mean, you think of the big universities and big markets say, hey, you come here, we've got a market that could maximize your earning potential. I don't know. It, it could get ugly, but <laughs> I still keep thinking that, you know, what coaches are paid and what the players are providing for them and getting not paid based on their likenesses and their jerseys and whatever else, that, that that's never seemed right to me. Dan, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, hey, when I gave you a call earlier today, a little picture popped up on your little fo- your uh, digital photo frame at home. <laughs> Dan sends it to me. Look what picture popped up. Uh, what camera can I show this to? It was this meant one? to be. Look it at that. that. That's I mean, the picture that pops that picture. up. These pictures rotate every day. I haven't seen that picture. I somehow always miss it. But there it was. I'm like, well, I guess I was supposed to be on today. How sweet is that, huh? <laughs> so sweet. What the hell was I wearing a blue T-shirt under that shirt for? I still don't understand that. <laughs> Anyway, You're looking sharp, man. Thanks, we were in brother. Florida. I know, that's true. We were having a ball. <laughs> thanks so Spring much, Danny. training. Thanks, Danny. Thank I love you, you man. On. All right, guys. Go Both Nationals. baseball with you. We love it. We'll talk soon, man. Dan Dickerson, okay. voice of the Tigers, and uh, my good buddy. And I'm on his digital picture frame. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. Isn't that cute? That is super cute. I mean, it was, it was meant to be. And we'll talk more about this NCAA stuff. But I say if you're going to get paid, obviously, you're not going to get this. You don't get a scholarship. Or you get a less of a scholarship. I'm with Dan Baseball, because I was involved with it at the athletic program right. at Bowling Green. That's your, that was your sport over there. Yeah. Um, we got, I believe, for a te- to field a team of 35 players, which is the max you can have, but if you don't have the budget for 35, you obviously can't have 35 guys. We were given out like an eighth of a scholarship. Yeah. A seventh. Wow. It was really, really sad. Because but that was, you that wanted... was Bowling Green, though, specifically. Yeah. Yes. Bowling Green... And a lot of mid-American Ameri- mid, yeah, conference and all these other mid-majors, they get maybe three and a half scholarships for baseball. Jeez. Right. Now, obviously, when you're in a conference of 10 or 12 teams and you're all fighting over the same guy, you may say, okay, we got to give him like almost a full scholarship, which means now we only have two and a half to work with. Mm-hmm. I think at Bowling Green we had... Just over two scout, two full rides to give. It makes it very tough. But that's not a conference restriction. That no, is it's the a, school. It's a, it's a, so there is an NCAA restriction of how many you can give out. Right. Total. Okay. Um. But then it's how the school divides up the funds. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because I mean, if Zion, if Duke was like, listen, we know how much money you're going to make. <laughs> well, really, for us and you. Yeah. Right. So we're not going to give you a scholarship. But North Carolina is offering you a scholarship. I'm going to North Carolina. Hmm. Well, I know, I know, you know what I mean. Was like, truly sold even, on. Even though you're going to make millions yeah. and you could pay that Duke uh, one year. I'm just saying, that no matter what, those kids are going to go yeah. where they're offered yeah. the most. You, so it's, it's going to be. It's going to be. We are years away yeah. from this. Let's well, be the, honest. Yeah. I mean, we are say, years well, away. Well, they this. want they want it implemented in Division One, Two, and Three by January 2021. Yeah. Okay. Um. But the big thing though, with if this was the case a few years ago with Zion, I actually I didn't see him going to Duke. If this was the case, I think he would have gone to his hometown, South Carolina. Well, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter about. Yeah, well, that exactly. Been because nice. he's going to be making money no matter he what. He would be making a lot more money if he went to South Carolina. Really. I truly believe because that's his hometown. Everybody wants a piece of. Yeah, but everyone have, wanted a piece of the, him anyway. Well, everybody wanted he a piece of him anyway. He could have gone to but if you South were, Dakota State. Correct. 
and yeah. made millions. I'm only thinking. Jack I'm only sure. thinking from the the <laughs> aspect of when you have a homegrown talent who plays high school ball and then goes to the college in your in, right. in your well, city. Well, I mean, he grew up only two hours from Duke. Ten times bigger. Right. Well, true. I'm just saying. Like again, yeah. he didn't go to like you said Uzbekistan. We got a long way to, long way to go on this one. Yeah, we have a long way to go. Hey, want to thank our uh, our good friends, Mr. Matt. They've been serving Metro Detroit's floor mat needs for over 50 years now. Let your business slip and fall to save with them before winter hits. It's coming. They also offer logo mats, office and restroom cleaning, restroom supplies, window cleaning, mops, towels, aprons, anything your business can use. Call them, 800-344-0095, or email my friend Joe at joe at mrmattrental.com. That's joe at mrmattrental.com. So thanks to them, and uh, thanks again to Dan Dickerson for joining us today. World Series Game 7 tonight should be a great one. Max Serzer of Washington going against Zach Granke of Houston just after 8 o'clock on Fox tonight. Winner take all. Should be a phenomenal game. Let's talk NFL trade deadline that came and went like yeah, a, what a little whimper. What, what trade deadline? Yesterday they teased us. They teased us. You know, They sucked us in. And from so what I understand, talk. so many running backs are going to come here. We're going to get you know, Kenyon Drake, who winds up going to Arizona. Okay, let's turn our attention to the guy out in San Diego. Mel- Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. We're going to get him. What are we going to give up for him? I don't know. No, we're not going to get him. How about Devontae Freeman from Atlanta? Turns out that was the closest deal that was coming our way. Which I Atlanta been so excited and Detroit. about. Now, he's uh, been terrible this year. I know year. he has, mm-hmm. but, the, but Atlanta as a whole, from up from management down, has been awful. They have. Except... Julio Jones. Except Julio Jones and Hooper. Austin Hooper saving my fantasy yeah, he's been great. Uh, season. Thank you very much, by the way, Austin. Yeah, um, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he heard you. He definitely did. Yeah, he definitely um, did. But I have him, too, by the way. We, uh, I'm one of my teams. We just I don't know if we didn't offer enough. or Because Dan Quinn has to know that his job is severely on the line. They get rid of Mohamed Sanu. Their defense is decimated by injury again. I don't know why they didn't try to recoup as, at least as much as they could for him. It doesn't honestly make any sense. And as a Lion fan, I'm I'm just disappointed that now we have these running backs that we have. Yeah. We got Ty Johnson. Who was the kid that started last week? Oh, Jamie uh, McKissick. No, or he Car- Ty, Ty uh, Carson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. even know he was on he got the him team from Green Bay. <laughs> uh, I didn't know he was on the team either. <laughs> well, no, I I'm more disappointed, and it's not so much in just the Lions. It's in a lot of teams that really could have upgraded their rosters, and they didn't. And then I'm. Wondering what the Jets were thinking because now they have they pissed al- a lot they, of people off. Alienated yeah. their star player, one hundred percent. Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams yeah. feels completely betrayed. He told the apparently he told the GM, "I want to stay in New York. I want to be a Jet." And then to find out during you know the last few hours that there's trade talks with Dallas and right. a few and other and Baltimore. Teams. Yeah. yeah, he tweeted but out they his, wanted his they wanted yeah, they yeah. wanted uh, they wanted two firsts. And a fourth, like they, they wanted they, they Ramsey wanted, money. They wanted Ramsey who money. Who cares? I actually, Keep you first. You got Jamal Adams. Yeah, I was. Right. I was actually thinking that Jamal Adams is worth more, in my opinion, yeah. than Jalen Ramsey. He's, well, he's got less of a, and mouth, he's got less of an less, attitude. Less he's of an younger, attitude. That's yeah. more, sure. He's younger. He's more of a leader, and he plays at a position where there isn't a lot of star power anymore. There, there's plenty of lockdown corners, in my opinion, in the NFL against most wide receivers. Yeah. Now, not every wide receiver can lock down a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. But most 
receiver, say normally above average cornerback will be able to lock down. Yeah, for sure. The only deals that went down were uh, the Rams sending Aqib Tlaib and a fifth rounder to the Dolphins for a future late round pick. No, that doesn't make sense. It was... Rams send Aqib Tlaib and a fifth rounder? Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's, wow. it's to save a $4 save million dollar right. cap hit 100%. so they can go after and try and re-sign Jalen Ramsey. Now, Miami Tlaib, becoming the new graveyard. Yeah. Now, Tlaib goes to Miami, mm-hmm. so if it goes from first to worst, yeah. he's but also he saves, injured. But he saves 560000 in state taxes by going to Miami. <laughs> by going to Florida. Yeah, so he Gotta makes money. That. Everyone did well on that And deal. he's only yeah. got maybe a year or two left. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he wasn't he's, doing great. He was doing a lot of pass interference, like you said. 100%. He's right now. Yeah. So it is what it is. Leonard Williams goes from the Jets to the Giants. Third Leonard Williams, fifth. man, he's yeah. a big hoss of a guy. First-round pick a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They and get, a pro bowler. Uh, and a pro bowler. But he yeah. hasn't lived up to his expectations lately, and he right. might be a bit of a malcontent. Giants take a chance. Because Jets and Giants don't deal with each other. No. They did this time. I was surprised to see that. So they did get a third and a fifth, uh, pending where uh, both team finishes. The fifth could be a fourth. Um, I think it's a good move just for Leonard. Maybe I mean I was so excited when he was coming out of college. So maybe this is a revitalization of his career. We'll see. I don't know. The NBA had such an amazing, amazing trade deadline right. through the off season. The NFL hyped it up like they were going to have did. some magical thing, and then bum teams did nothing together. That was it. Lions really, did sign really, really uh, quarterback Michael Jackson Woo-hoo. from Ooh. the Cowboys. Who's Patrick, that? They get him from the practice squad. Awesome. They wave poor. Uh, poor. Paul Perkins again. This is like the fourth time again, they wave Paul Perkins. No idea who he the is. The running back. Well, he was the running back out of UCLA. Maybe, he was, maybe, came maybe. in as a pretty good prospect, but maybe I'll hop on the XFL train. There you go. Maybe he will. But Michael Jackson, uh, the cornerback from the Cowboys practice squad, comes over as a little, uh, I guess, depth. Yeah. Lions and the Raiders this weekend. Uh, Four oh five from the Oakland Coliseum, the Black Hole. We're going to be live at Mr. Joe's. With our show, starting at 2 o'clock, I'm going to have Freddie the Pizza Man on with me. My man, Freddie right. Bello, me and him are going to talk about uh, the Lions. We're going to talk about all the games in progress. Dennis Farrell will join us for some fantasy talk. But we live 2 o'clock, so it's two hours before kickoff, at Mr. Joe's in Southfield this Sunday. Come on out and see us. Uh, Oakland favored by two, and they expect a lot of scoring, 50 and a half on the over-under. Yeah, this is a loser-leave-town matchup. I mean, we unfortunately... Going, you know, to four and three, we just will have no chance of making even the wild card. Uh, being in the NFC, it's just such a tough conference. It is a hard thing. We are in the hardest division in in football. Yep, no so question. We lose. This is a, this is it for us. Oakland. I mean, Oakland is having spurts yeah. of greatness. They've been on the road. They've been for on the road a, about a month. Right. Now. Exactly. So I think Josh home. Jacobs is the truth. Waller is amazing. They're one D end away from being really, really yeah. good. Tyrell Williams they got is back rid of, uh, Khalil. Well, Tyrell Williams is back. No, I really like Oakland. Honestly, I don't think they're they're here yet. Um, John Gruden. John Gruden is a. Is crazy, I but like uh, but this is like this is a loser leave town uh, matchup. <laughs> You're probably right on that. Well, one. it's a very very big matchup for the Lions because if you are able to win against Oakland and then against, uh, I believe we play the Redskins two weeks from now. Play the Bears. Uh, we play the at Bears. the Bears the following week. Yeah, but the big thing right now is you look at what Minnesota's schedule and Green Bay schedule is coming up. They got some tough opponents. Mm-hmm. I believe both Green Bay, or no, Minnesota, I know, plays Kansas City and Dallas back-to-back. Now, yeah, Kansas City's not at full strength. They'll have a home back for that, but though. Dallas is um, is a good, hard opponent. 
Now, as much as I hate the Cowboys, <laughs> I would love for them to win because it only helps our chances, and then when we play them, we can just dismantle them. But anyways, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota have a tough schedule coming up. If you're able to get the wins that you should be winning and then eke out a win against uh, uh, Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay, you could still win the division. It's just you gotta so make sweet. you got to make sure you win the games that you are supposed to win. Right, but you did watch the Minnesota... Lions previous game though you did watch yeah. that right okay <laughs> yeah I just no, wanted I to make sure we're couldn't on the get off the field I, I, same I'm, page I'm just there. not sure if Kirk Cousins was legit just for that game or he's been he's legit be the legit. whole season he's been he had uh, he's two bad games in the beginning and he has been murdering uh, teams he's been good the last four weeks he's been great we'll see we will I just see. need I need Adam Thielen coming back. Me too. On a personal note. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. No one cares about us, by the way. A little <laughs> NBA talk. Uh, Pistons over the Pacers the other night, 96-94. So they're 2-0 against Indy. Andre Drummond, 18-18 and tonight. Pistons at the world champion Raptors at 7.30. And uh, have you been paying attention Always. to the Pistons? Yeah, we're looking okay. Um, I mean, you know Still how no I feel Blake about Griffin. it. Nope. As soon as he comes back, I don't see that making a big difference, honestly. Again, we've talked about this. The way that we have set up how we play basketball is 20 years ago. Yeah. We're just not going to compete with the teams. I mean, even Toronto, who is, you know, Siakam's incredible. They, yeah. you know, re-signed Kyle. Um, they re-signed Lowry. Siakam re- recently, too. Yeah, yeah. They they did. He is, he's a freak. We're just old and big, and we were playing like the people played in the late 80s. We got Derrick Rose. Oh, yes! He's been playing over it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does he great. have kneecaps? Does he have kneecaps? <laughs> yeah, I think he has kneecaps. I don't know. I'm not really game. sure. He was getting those MVP chants, though. He was. It's funny. I saw, I, saw, I saw a tweet. It's the MVP race is wide open, and they listed every player so far this year that has gotten the MVP chance during the game. And I have to say, a Bowling Green alumni okay. got MVP chance playing for a winless Sacramento team. And who's that? Rashawn Holmes, who okay. I honestly, when he became a free agent, I was like, bring him to Detroit. Yeah. He's a versatile 4-5. Right, was right, it just right. because he went to Bowling Green? No, uh, to he, no he's legit. He's he a legit player. He three. Great defender. I think his per 36 minutes, he averages about 18 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks. The guy's a monster when he gets the playing time, yep. but uh, with, when he got drafted by the 76ers, they had already drafted Julio Okafor, Joel Embiid was still there. Um, he kind of got pushed he, out for yeah. sure. Uh, I mean, I moving on from the Pistons, I just, I really, listen, I love the Pistons. Last year making the playoffs bummed me out so much <laughs> yep. to what? Get swept and then not get a lottery pick? We were in one game for a half. Yeah, that's so one half. awesome. I, listen, I, it's good for TV rights. Game we, four. We made a bunch of money a good game as four. an organization. I, I understand that. But I would love to not win this season. I would really love to just not because we're not going to do anything. So what good does it get you? It gets you us a good draft pick for next year. A couple of spots up, then you get a pick? Yep, 100%. Instead of picking 10, you want to pick let's, 8? Let's, let's finish ninth. That'd be amazing, or eighth, and, and go to the go to the playoffs and get absolutely swept. There's just I don't like tanking. I'm not saying that. I just I'm hoping for the best. So you don't like what uh, teams in the past, like the Knicks and the uh, 76ers, have done, and the Suns. Yeah. Look what happened to the Knicks. They tank, 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 and <laughs> no, they still no, no. didn't. I get it. That's they why still I do I understand. They got RJ Barrett though. Yeah. Yeah. They made a move. They made a few good games to start the year. Too. I just I just don't know how we're gonna do. But moving on from the Pistons. I love the fact that Golden State is struggling. 
My I called it early. I called it early. No, no, no. I just want some. Steph Curry has had zero adversity in his career. Zero. Wait. So ho, he's going to have ho. to. He has, like, he's had really bad ankle injuries where it seems like okay. his ankles just need to be taped and screwed. I'm talking and about from a winning, together. losing oh, okay. perspective. He has come into an organization that was amazing. Steve Kerr being his head coach off the rip. He has had very little adversity. This is where him and Draymond Green. Wait, wait, no, it wasn't actually. Yeah, no, he he got drafted in '09, oh eight oh nine. So he's been in the league for about ten years. The first few years they did nothing. They were struggle city. They. But were. I'm not sure how active he was in minutes. Well, regardless, yeah. I'm just saying I want to see him and Draymond Green play together, learn a different form of basketball. I think that's gonna be really fun. Also, my early call this season that the Heat. Different form of basketball. You don't want to see Steph Curry come over midcourt and, and chuck one up. That's fun. I mean, it's I love fun. seeing that kid play. <laughs> but it's unreal. I do too. But it's just unrealistic makes, with what they to have me, now. He makes basketball. To no, me. I totally agree with you. I love it. So who uh, he is. I'm a little disappointed in you, to be honest with well, you. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Warriors, but I have to agree with you after seeing them for the first three, four. They're going to struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. They can't stop anyone. But my early call too is that the Miami Heat look really good. I think Miami Heat are going to make a real move. Um, Again, it's the East. It's them. Well, the East is fantastic right now, at least at the top. Celtics are going to be good. Bucks are really good. Heat's very strong. Sixers, Sixers are going to be incredibly strong. Really, everybody right now is Bur- calling Burnley L.A. Is good now. They'll be even better next year. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And I think Sacramento on the West is going to be sneaky good as well. But I think just at the top of the of the East, the Bucks, Celtics, uh, Miami, um, Bucks, Celtics, Miami, 76ers are just going to battle back and forth for the entire season. All right, so that's the top four. Why can't five, six, seven, and eight? That's four more spots. Why can't you think the Pistons can get up to six or seven? I just don't. They they got got to make a move, and they got to make a If we were to make a huge, big splash trade. Like what? Like Blake Griffin getting rid of his contract would be amazing. I would love that. But you lose the player. Yes. And and but how do you want, get better but, losing but the player? For, you can you can you can move. Is he him. even playing right now, Tom? No. Is he on the court? No, no I don't know because don't, he doesn't have knees either. That's because they overused him last year. In my opinion, you can move a guy like Blake Griffin to a team that wants him and has expressed interest, like Portland. Yeah, sure. Hey, if I can get a, a I'm trying to remember who CJ McCollum. I'm thinking more Collins. Zach. Uh, is it Zach Collins? It's Zach Collins, Zach yeah. Collins. He's a he's a four or five, but he's a stretch four or five. And he can bang from three. I would love a CJ McCollum. We're never going to get Dame no. Lillard or anything like that. No. I don't want a Hassan Whiteside, but he'd be a solid backup. It's game four, and you're already giving up on him. I'm not giving up. I'm just saying, if we are going to make a move, I would I would be for it. Right. I'm, I'm I'm supportive would of that. Would you rather move Andre Drummond? Or Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, okay. in, in a heartbeat. Okay. I just know we're not going to do that. I just know, unfortunately, he's stuck. I mean, you yeah. do know he's like the best rebounder in, in no, no, basketball. No, no, I do. Okay. I do. I absolutely. But that's do. about it. Yeah, that he's is so about fat. it. So slow. Tom Gorris, I'm sorry. Yes, Andre Please, Drummond. Tom Gorris, don't uh, throw any t-shirts. Andre anymore, Drummond is your golden child, but he hasn't made your team what it needs to be. Not no. It has he not made your team a contender. You cannot build your team around a five whose main purpose to be on the court and the only reason in my opinion he starts and he gets as many minutes as he does is because he can out rebound pretty much anybody right that's about it just as not not switching complete topics but the lakers 
looking really, really strong last night against Memphis. I know you hate it. But Anthony Davis, 40 and 20, that Ooh. is the prototype big man in which I'm speaking of. That is the new age big man. He can run the floor. He's a floor general. He can bang from 18 feet. He's can 20 rebounds. That is the new big man in which Andre Drummond is a man of the past. His style of basketball. Although I do have to say I was very proud. Andre Drummond did take an open three. And he at least hit rim on it. There you go. I mean, that was an Your silver linings, yeah, Ethan. I love it, bud. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I understand that. Um, but the, you know, I think the Lakers are going to be really good. I really do. Uh, I know you don't want to hear it, but they're going to be really good. I don't want to hear it. Golden State, by the way, taking on Phoenix tonight. Your uh, Suns at ten thirty, and the game to watch: Bucks and the Celtics tonight. Should That's be good be for great. Boston. Giannis already averaging 24, 13, and nine. Jason Tatum. Called it early too. He's going to have a comeback year. He's already averaging 29 and 2. I think they're going to be really strong as well. Little NHL for you. Red Wings finally snapped that eight game losing streak. 3 1 win over uh, Kenny Holland's uh, Edmonton Oilers. It was good to have Kenny back in town last night. They even had a little little thing with his name on it in the uh, media room, you know, and they had his Earl Grey tea sitting there for him. I mean, they, Leslie, uh, who, who takes care of. Uh, the media and the Red Wings dining at Little Caesars, always at Joe Louis Arena, had everything set up for Kenny. I mean, he's he, was our, he was our guy for yeah, a long time. Sure. A lot of people wanted him out of town, and he even admitted it. He said, of course, I get it. That's why they're the best fans. They want to win. And they think by getting Steve Eiserman here and a legend in his own, and mm-hmm. they're going to win. And he inherited a pretty damn good team in Edmonton. So Absolutely. Time moves on. They we play Friday against Carolina. So we were Carolina. spoiled for a long, long time. We were, you know, twenty all straight games, years. All our sports, all our sports, well, well, except minus the Lions. Lions. Minus yeah, the Lions. Lions. Yeah, we did have a couple of good runs there. How about this day in sports? Let's start you off. October thirtieth, twenty thirteen. Red Sox beat the Cardinals six to one. Game six at Fenway. They win the World Series. I hate they bring it up. You know, Red Sox winning the World Series, but. David Ortiz, big poppy, MVP. He was the heart of that team. He though. was. That's he, right. broke, Absolutely. he broke the Tigers. Well, he, he, he broke them single-handedly. That was their year. That was the year. That was also right after the Boston Marathon bombings. And he, I don't know how he did Boston it. Boston strong. Honest. Yep. He, in a sense, kind of put that city on his shoulders. And yep. the, the way that it was the outreach, the, the passion he showed for that city. Totally agreed. And his, I think yeah. he is phenomenal on uh, the Fox pregame and postgame. Him, yeah. A-Rod, and, and his Big accent, Hurt. It's, it's like you don't really know what he's saying, <laughs> but know. you do. I love him. I love him. It's, you know, it's I so, didn't like him it's then. amazing. I love him now. Yeah, you know, I, I do, too. Those, I'm a big fan. I hated uh, Wade Boggs until he mm-hmm. came to the Yankees. You know, it's just, you know, that, these I things. can't stand oh, I, Smoltz. I, I, I can't stand Smoltz. He's so arrogant, and everything he so says, good. but he's so good. I know he is. And he's but everything so he says, knowledge. I know, but everything he says is just like... I know because of his knowledge that like what he's saying is most likely accurate, but he's so pompous in when he's How saying it. How about what he said? We're taught to throw at the runner, run yeah. at first base, but, but so we can that, cheat. Yeah, but that, but no, great. that, is, yeah. that is a legit thing. Isn't even, it great? Even when we were teaching pitchers right. down at Bowling Green, no, that is what you teach. And that's pretty it, cool. It, yeah. But this I know so I love bald. watching A-Rod and uh, Poppy. Yeah. On those pregame and postgame shows, because I just find it so funny. You know, you think of the rivalry. How can the yeah. two of them just sit there civil and uh, eight million dollars a year? They just get millions. They get and millions, millions of dollars a year. I mean, they're laying around. A Rod is trash. <laughs> I can't stand they listening like to him. him. No, there's a lot of people that don't like him. I like him. I find him. I so, get a, so basically, he I got get a caught cheating twice. Yes, I know. And then we're gonna have him. 
tell us everything that we need to hear. It's you absolutely know what? trash. I mean, there's never been a guy that cleaned himself up more than this guy. Thank you, J Lo. Yeah, and he, and he lands on his feet with J Lo. Yeah, I no mean, big deal. It's fine. I mean, he's got it going. Hey, I want to ask you a question, Ethan, before we leave. We've got a okay. few minutes here. Dan was saying earlier, Dan uh, Dickerson was our guest. I knew this was coming. What a great guy uh, Max, Max Scherzer is. He's a great humanitarian, blah, uh-huh. blah, blah. He starts Game 7 tonight. Uh-huh. You have a little different take on Max Scherzer, being I, a, a bat boy yeah, I do. for the Tigers. Uh, why, yeah, don't you, I do why don't you that. fill us in, in in the next couple of minutes here? Yeah, so my uh, first game I ever worked, where we are told that the players put their cleats in a specific spot. You go around the locker or the clubhouse, <laughs> you pick them up to go clean them off, and then you will put them back in another spot at their locker. Hey, talk it to the mic. So I'm going around, and I'm— I didn't mean to scold you. No, you're good. All right. I'm going around, I'm picking up the cleats, and I go to pick up Scherzer's cleats. The minute I reach, oh, my God, he goes off. He just—he explodes. Really? He goes off, and this is the best thing that ever happened, in my opinion, was Phil Coke. So there was— Scherzer's locker, an empty locker with a, a refrigerator, which was Phil Coke's, oh. and then Phil Coke's locker. And Phil Coke just tapped him on the shoulder and was like, just calm the fuck down. Wow. Like, like Phil Coke was like, what has gotten into you? But then, you know, going off of that experience, I kind of was hesitant to ever go pick up Max Scherzer's cleats ever again. Why was he mad? God only knows. Um... But uh, he didn't like Ethan's face. Maybe I had. Well, at that time I had to be clean shaved because you can't have a beard and be a baller bat boy. Did you have a uniform on? Uh, we had our prior to game day work uniform. Because then you'd be on. like Batman, yes. and that'd be a little weird. What's, what's the prior to? Just so, the jeans and a so tiger, the, tiger's pullover. So depending on what day of the week it was, you had a specific top, and then yeah, jeans, and that was about it. But the biggest thing was. I interacted with a few other people in the clubhouse who told me that outside of the clubhouse, outside of the field, Max Scherzer was not the nicest person. Huh. He was kind of an—he had his ego, yeah. and if he didn't think that you were up to his level, he wasn't going to interact with you. Oh, all, right. all right. Peons we all are. All Love right. it. That's, all not, right. that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Ethan Perlman, Nick David, Thank this is Tom, Tom Mazaway, the rap. We'll do it again on Friday for our weekender. We'll get you ready for the NFL and have a great game tonight. World Series game number seven, Astros and the Nationals for all the marbles. Go Max Scherzer. What do you say, guys? Go Let's Max Scherzer. Let's see it. He Go needs Astros. It. Uh, Come on, Astros. Astros. He's biased and he's a little, a little salty. Thanks for listening to salty. NRM Streamcast. It's Maz. See ya.